Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, for the last time in 2018, we will remind you that we are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in our podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the U.S., so these discussions are for educational purposes only. Everybody's body is different, so the things we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but they will give you some good information to think about and to research further. We want to remind you that your good health is your own personal responsibility. The final decision in considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by your physician, is always yours. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So this week, we're going to be talking about herbal resolutions, some ways to be healthier in 2019 that you can actually stick to, just like probably everybody else is promising (laughs) you this time of year. But ours has herbs in it, so that's better. So that's uh, better. That's That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, First, we have some shout-outs. Um, Carol and Jennifer became monthly supporters this week, and yay! Thank you so much! Yeah, we're Uh, really grateful. Yeah, if anybody else out there would like to uh, get in on that action, then um, any page on our website down at the bottom has a quick little sign-up thing you can click to. Mm -hmm. Really easy and very much appreciated. Yeah, it's Mm commonwealthherbs.com, in case you weren't sure. (laughs) All right, Michelle from Northern California wrote to say that watching your recorded classes feels like being in a real class, and actually it's much more engaging and informational than many of the in-person lectures I sit through at school, which made us so excited because that was exactly what we were trying to have happen. Yeah, that feels really good. We really, you know, sometimes people think that like learning online, it feels like you're just alone or isolated and we wanted it to be super engaging and we wanted you to feel really drawn into the lessons. So I'm so excited that she wrote to say that's what's happening for her. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. And Michelle and also everyone, remember that you can sign into the live Q&A webinars that happen every week and talk to us in person. If you are a student in any of our courses, including the free courses, you will get an email every Tuesday morning um, with the link to log in to the web conference. And in another week or two, we'll be sending out a poll so that we can plan um, a second weekly session. So that'll be two sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Looking good. Uh, Okay, we also had a note from Erin Stewart, who loves reinforcing her herb knowledge by learning from lots of different teachers, which is absolutely the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, we tell everybody, you've got to learn herbalism from lots of teachers because there's going to be lots of opinions. Yeah, everybody... ways of practicing. Everybody knows the plants a little differently, Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to learn it from lots of people so that you can find out how do you know the plants. Yeah, actually, just today I was looking at um, uh, an herbalist named Stephanie Hoffelt had put up a, uh, a sheet of her way of making tinctures with percentages and herb to menstruum ratios and little comments and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really great. I love seeing how somebody else thinks about these things and goes about doing it. So that's yeah. always a good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, Erin is the editor for the Aroma Culture magazine, which is definitely worth checking out. So do that. Um, I wanted to make mention of the fact that I've started to notice that some of you, when you write to us, you are also signing your emails, love and some herb, kind of like how I always sign love and chamomile Katya or love and whatever I happen to be drinking in that moment. Mm. And I'm noticing that you guys, when you write to us, you're starting to do that too. And I love it. It's like we have some kind of secret club where we're all sending love and herbs to each other. And it's like (laughs) the best thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. Nice. Yeah. Uh, We also had a question this week that we thought we would share with you all here on the pod. Yeah, Dawn wrote in to ask if I had a source for Violet and Betany because everywhere she was looking was out of stock. And so this is what I answered her. First, I said that yes, um, stock issues are a definite thing and they're becoming more of a thing as more people get interested in herbalism. So if any of y'all have green thumbs... um, this country needs more herb farmers for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and also, 
Um, you know, I mean, plants are seasonal, so sometimes people just run out of things. Like, you know, the stores just, it's not like paper clips where you can have like an infinite supply of paper clips. Like sometimes you're just out of a plant and you have to wait till next year for there to be more of it. Yeah. Um, usually when Mountain Rose and, and all the rest of the bigger suppliers are out of something, it only lasts for a few weeks. But sometimes it does last annoyingly long. And self-heal is one of those. It has been so hard to get lately. And I think a big part of that is not just due to the increased popularity, but also the fact that that one is really labor-intensive to grow. Um, so it's just not always around. Yeah, unfortunately, we noticed the increasing scarcity of self-heal immediately after we included it as one of the 35 herbs <laughs> in, book. in our book, Herbal Medicine for Beginners. Yeah. Uh, and then we felt like, oops, we've now made everybody enchanted with this wonderful plant and now no one can find it. Yeah. Unless it's, maybe they go outside. And... Well, that's the thing. It's not endangered or anything. It's ridiculously easy to grow in your own yard. Um, it's just not commonly in stock right now. It used yeah. to be, and now it's not as much. Yeah. So, whatever. Anyway, uh, I was looking around, and just at this moment, Jeans Greens and Healing Spirits Farms both have wood betony in stock, but neither one has violet. Um, and so I was suggesting some substitutes. So if you're going to substitute for violet, um, first off, you need to think about why you, you wanted to work with violet to begin with. So if you were looking for the moistening high mineral action, then you could try nettle and linden together to replace the violet. Or if you're looking for the lymphatic action that violet has, then you could try calendula and red clover together, or you could try chick chickweed to replace the violet. And if what you were looking for was the heart support aspect of violet, then you could go with hawthorn and linden together. Um, because then you would get that heart-targeted, moistening, relaxing action as well. Mm, yeah. Um, but, but, it, but it all it all depends on what it is you're actually going to be changing. Yeah, and, and... like what do you want to do with that with that plant? Mm -hmm. I think that betony is a little harder to substitute for. It's not impossible, but I think that it's harder. Um, if you are trying to if work with betony because you want to like kind of relax the head a little bit. Um, then skullcap and maybe chamomile together uh, could be effective for that aspect. If you were looking for the um, getting centered in your body part or the sort of grounded aspect of betony, then I always feel that calamus is maybe a good substitute there. Um, the one drawback with calamus is that it's not as easy to formulate with some of these other herbs, but you... Um, could always just take that separately as a tincture. Yeah. If you happened to be fortunate enough to have ready access to pedicularis herb, then that would be one that you could mix in in, yeah. the, same, in the same places as betony and, and for many of the same effects. That's all, true. But, but many. That's true. That kind of relaxation into the body aspect primarily. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, betony also has sort of a be kind to your heart type of aspect and not quite exactly saying that like it's a, it, that's not exactly the descriptive phrase that I want but it's kind of a like uplifting you can do it you got this kind of like I know it's hard and you don't want to do it but you can kind of aspect and for that I feel like Hawthorne and Linden and Goldenrod together can really help in that regard Nice. Anyway, um, what this really comes down to is that if you think about your plants this way, think about what kind of actions you're actually looking for, and then if, if you don't have one of the plants that you wanted to work with, you can think about who else can do those actions, and that'll let you come up with kind of like a replacement formula for a plant that you want to work with but you don't have. But I think, more importantly, it also frees you up from thinking that there's some kind of magical herb from some faraway place that you must have, you know? Like, there's so many plants, and it's really fun to work with faraway exotic things sometimes, but I think that um, if you instead are thinking about the action that you want and the intention that you have, and then you can find your local plant who can do that, 
then that that puts us in a much more kind of like bioregional attitude and a much more sustainable attitude. And also, um, although it's always easy to exploit natural resources, if we are not having that mindset that we need something from the rainforest or whatever, then we're less likely to fall into that exploitation place with our herbs. Yeah. You know, we had previously talked about that idea of formulating absent friends or of trying to make a, a formula to constitute the set of actions you were looking for from a given herb. That was, I just looked it up, it was in our podcast number 30. So if you want a little bit more on that thought, then uh, check that one out. We got into that in a little more detail there. All right. Well, I think it's time to talk about New Year's resolutions. Let's do it. All right. All right. Um, that was a very peppy, like, I actually, <laughs> I'm actually like, oh no, resolutions. But, but I had <laughs> such a peppy, like, whatever, transition thought. Because I'm excited, but I'm also, um, I don't know. Resolutions are so often driven by the things that we're unhappy with and the things that we don't like about ourselves. And so I'm kind of like, I'm excited about resolutions because I'm really thinking about them differently, but I'm not necessarily excited about this aspect of resolutions, that it's always about like, lose some weight, go to the gym. Like, sometimes people talk about like, eating healthy and that maybe is a little bit better but I don't know at least, at least in my experience making resolutions is actually just an exercise in self-loathing or like at least self-nitpicking I just look at all the things I don't like about myself and I resolve to fix them in the new year whatever that means and I'm pretty sure that I'm not alone in this I think that if you look at all the marketing that's happening right now, a huge amount of that is targeted to losing weight. And I don't know, I feel like if instead we think about the things that we want to change about ourselves, not as much about losing the things we don't like, but instead about building the things that we want to be, Mm. that that would be healthier and more achievable and also more enjoyable um, and more positive. And I'm definitely not saying that we should ignore it if we've noticed that sugar has gotten out of hand or that there's like never an appropriate time to lose habits and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. Yeah. For me, the time around Samhain or um, Halloween in the late fall is a really good time for that. But um, I try to think about like not I'm going to lose a bunch of weight, but I'm going to like let habits that aren't serving me go. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that's just a different mindset than I have to lose 15 pounds, you know? So anyway, I'm trying to think about resolutions as framing things in a much more positive way and a more achievable way. Because if you say I'm going to lose weight, that isn't necessarily a healthy goal. It's about getting to a certain number on a device because society says that number is better than your current number, or it's about getting to a certain size of clothing because society thinks that size is better than your current size. But first off, it's like hard to make that achievement stick because a number alone isn't really a great motivation. But inherently, I think that we also understand that society's ideas of what is healthy or pretty or acceptable are not really a great judge of what those things are. Mm -hmm. Like, why does society get to tell me what size clothing means that I'm attractive? (laughs) That's completely effed up. Yeah. Is what I have to say about that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So there there are problems here. There are some problems. (laughs) So instead, the like what I've been working on is making resolutions that are about aligning with goals. Um, Yeah, you had a little motto for a minute there. Uh, What was it? Um, Aligned is the new hustle? Yes. That was good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking about um, thinking about what you want to become in the world, who you want to be in in the world, and then making either specific goals for the year that meet that, like I want to be a person who can grow vegetables effectively. Or I want to acquire first aid skills and disaster response skills. Or 
I want to be confident working with 10 new plants this year. And then let your resolution become the steps that you're planning to take to achieve those goals because that's the person that you want to be, a person who's confident with 10 new plants. Like, that's a thing you want. Katya, this is sounding suspiciously like the project planning exercises you give your business mentorship students. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going to get even worse, actually, because (laughs) another way to look at this is to make a personal mission statement. Uh. (laughs) I know, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's really a great idea because then as you're going through your daily life, you're making decisions based on alignment with your own mission statement. And you can be saying, like, what kinds of things do you want to bring into 2019 with you? So maybe it's something like, I'm a person who cares deeply about myself and my community, who strives to provide compassion to myself and my community. And that's a pretty good personal mission. I like that personal mission. And if that was your mission statement for 2019, then on any given day, you can ask yourself, am I showing myself deep caring? Am I showing myself compassion? And maybe on any given day, eating a piece of cake is showing yourself compassion. But probably on most days, the way to show yourself deep caring is to nourish yourself with all the nutrients that you need and not as much with sugar. Yeah, it's helpful to keep these things somewhere you can see them. Yeah, like take your work on your mission statement or your goal statement or whatever for a while until you've got it just right and then write it out real pretty and put it somewhere you're going to see it every day. So it's a little reminder to yourself. This is what you're trying to become. Yeah, that will shape your actions so that you do. I just I like that so much more than thinking I'm going to lose 15 pounds because aligning myself with my mission in the world or with who I want to be in the world or what I want to achieve in the world is not about hating myself when I look in the mirror or when I eat something that isn't kale. You guys, I don't even like kale. Whatever. (laughs) I like kale. I stand up for kale over here. (laughs) I mean, I eat kale, but I'm not like, woohoo, kale, (laughs) you know, but I know it's important. So I eat it. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's not about restriction. It's about nourishment on all the levels. And Instead of telling myself I'm bad and I have to lose this weight, it's about checking myself and making sure that the actions I'm taking are in line with the person I want to be and, and like my own mission in life, and or at least in this year, and my goals for myself. And that feels so much more positive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... I need a breath there. Actually, I think the tea is ready. So I just, uh, it feels much more positive. And now that we've got some tea, it also doesn't mean that like my whole life is only kale and there's never any room for cookies because you can't sustain that. That is why like people get their gym membership and they go for like two weeks and then they like, you can't, I don't know. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to share some of my goals. Let's hear them. Yeah? I have a few too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So one of my goals is to be a person who makes more time to read, which um, might sound kind of silly. It might have something to do with the uh, stack of books (laughs) that both of us, not, not just you, but both of us have. Actually, it's multiple stacks for both of us in various places on in the house. Basically, every room has a stack of books that we're currently reading, (laughs) and then another stack of books that we're planning to read real soon now. Yeah, and it's like, it's just, especially at the end of the night when you're tired, it's it's really easy, society, I'm going to just blame everything on society today, I don't even know what that's about, but like, it's so easy to just turn on Netflix and be like, entertain me with the moving pictures, and I'm not... dissing on that because some nights that's a thing some nights you want to be entertained by moving pictures and I think that all of the stand-up comedians that Netflix has is genuinely a service to society (laughs) um, because laughter is really important but I also see that it's very easy for that to become a habit and that that habit while it is not inherently bad it doesn't serve the goal that I want so So uh, my goal is to become a person who makes more time to read. So I'm building that into my nighttime routine. 
and setting a reading alarm for 8 p.m. every night. Because if I, I feel like if I build it right into my routine, it's much more likely to happen. Um, and... <laughs> And plus, like, we let our phones tell us what to do all all day, you know? So, yeah. like, we might as well program them to tell us to do things that we actually intended to do. What are we doing? Do. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like also that's not saying, well, I'm just giving up all forms of media entertainment no in, in favor of reading. It's just saying an alarm is going to go off at 8 o'clock to remind me that I'm a, I want to be a person who reads and that it's time to turn off media and go read on paper. And that's that's important to me. Yeah, and also that goes back to that, you know, framing it as what kind of person you want to be instead of, like, some numerical goal. Like, your goal isn't, I'm going to read 100 books this year. Your goal is, I'm a person who wants to read, and I'm going to find ways to align my life to make that real. Yeah. And also, it's not, oh, I'm a terrible person because today I watched some Netflix. Yeah. You know, I said I wasn't going to do that anymore. Like, no, I said I want to be a person who makes more space in her life to read, and I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of my goals for this year is to become a person who's a little bit better at botany. Um, mm. As an herbalist, that's one of those areas that I've uh, not given quite as much time to as some of the others. <laughs> um, so in order to become that person, uh, my, my intention setting here is to identify a lot more plants, um, especially trees, because, you know, I don't know, that's my weak spot. There are some trees that I can pick out from it's across hard. the street. Trees and, are difficult. Yeah, I think there's just a, a few groups there that I need to need to get a little more personal with. Mm. Um, you know, this this goal is in part important to me just because I want to be a more well well rounded herbalist, and because I want to better be able to answer my students when they ask plant ID questions. <laughs> um, and also, particularly because this year, you know, we're changing up the way we do our first year program. Um, we're doing a, a hybrid version of it here in town. And we're going to have a lot more outside time. Mm, um, so exciting. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot more opportunity for that kind of kind of work as well. So that'll help me do that, just in preparing for and then leading those adventures. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also going to start a couple of hashtag trends, uh, <laughs> at least on our Instagram. You know, we'll see if they spread a bit. But I want to do another round of Blooming in Boston which I did a couple years back. Yeah. Um, and that was really great uh, as a way to like remind me to, oh, I'm outside. I see a flower. Click it, identify it, figure out what's going on, and uh, tell everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that'll be a way to do it. And I want to add a couple new ones. I want to do hashtag trees of Boston and weeds of Boston. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, I just think that'll be great. I think it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be one of my resolutions this year is more botany, more plant ID, I love that resolution. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good one. I think that a lot of herbalists find botany to be really challenging. And, you know, that's always been a reason. When we teach in our, in our programs the first year, we always have an herb walk every month. But now we're going to be able to spend like an entire day doing just that. But in the advanced program we started switching that up and making our students lead the herb walk because because it is like that is for so many herbalists that is the most intimidating part of herbalism and so we were like well let's just start them right off the bat doing this um but it's always something that that like especially for us city dwelling herbalists can can use more work mm -hmm. and um yeah, more branching out, more learning. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Well, for me, instead of um, saying I'm going to eat better or I'm going to lose however many pounds, um, I am instead setting some self-care goals. Um, and before I share those, I think it's really important to define self-care. So for me, that definition comes from sea otters. Um, and if you're thinking, Katya, seriously, sea otters... Uh, well, here's the thing. On an average day, sea otters spend about eight hours feeding themselves, 11 hours sleeping or resting, and five to six hours grooming. Because they occasionally have a 25-hour day. Right. Yeah. Once in a while, you have Just that. like all of us. Yeah. Okay. Or sometimes maybe you're very efficient at catching the fish. Sleep day or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that is a huge amount of time in a day to take care of your body, if you think about it. But they have to do that or they won't be able to stay warm. 
And when I think about what we humans require in the form of caring for our bodies versus what we actually do to care for our bodies, uh, you know, like most people, it's like the quick shower we take in the morning so that we look pretty and we don't smell funny at the office. And that's, you know, and then maybe like the 45 minutes at the gym after work. Mm. And there is so much more to um, caring for the body and than that. And, and for me, that's really what self-care means. Um, you know, like a sort of trendy definition of self-care is like going shopping mm. right now or like getting your nails done or getting a latte. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. Um, right. Just like you said earlier, sometimes eating the cake is the way to take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's troubling because it's been so commercialized and okay, we've talked about this on the pod before, but I just, you know, every time I see some, some article or somebody's comment about that, I'm, I'm sort of reminded what has happened to self-care in, yeah. in commercial culture Yeah, because it was, I don't know, it sort of was something that we've always talked about and then the phrase self-care kind of like became a, like an object unto itself and then it, it got commercialized and everything and there's a bunch of really weird interpretations of what that means yeah. <laughs> out there in the world or who, who it's for. Right. Like when every little advertisement or thing talking about self-care only has affluent white people in it, then like there's a lot of problems with that. Yes. Yeah. For real. And the reality is that self-care could just be like um, not going out tonight so that you can go to bed early or just not turning the TV on so that you can get to bed on time. Self-care can be doing your laundry, you know, like. Uh, one thing I'm thinking about as self-care is like working on sitting up straight instead of slouching over. Like that's really important. That's just as important as a sea otter taking care of all their fur. Like if I slouch over all the time, my organs will get smushed and they won't work properly. So it, it, like self-care is actually most of the time really mundane stuff. Um, and I want to make space for that in my life. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, when I think about self-care uh, for myself, one of the things that works really well for me and yet I somehow don't stay consistent with has been meditation. You know, I've had I've had times over the years where I've been super consistent with it for like a couple of weeks or even a whole month at a time. And then other times it's like, a, you know, I'll do it once and then a couple of days later and then a week later and this and that. I'm um, kind of in that place right now. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to work to a way where I'm going to do this as a daily thing. I'm going to be the 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 goal there is become a person who meditates <laughs> consist- yeah. consistently, yeah. right? Um, and uh, you know, again, thinking about this year's uh, hybrid program, the, the foundations program in person here, one of the things I want to do is to meditate together. Um, so I want to brush up on my own and uh, expand my own practice uh, with that, so I can speak from integrity, right? Like we are, we're always saying, usually in the context of sugar. You know, like uh, the whole story about Gandhi and how if you want to give people advice, then it's good if you follow it yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> um, that, that motivation works really well for me, you know, um, to be like, wait, I'm about to go and tell somebody this is a great idea to make a habit. Oh, that means I should do it first. Right, right, <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So if meditation is on your resolutions list for 2019, um, first off, here's a couple of helpful herbs to get you into that space or to help you relax into that into that space um if you find that your problems are seated in the body being uncomfortable um, particularly with various kinds of tension in the body then i would guide you toward kava or um, again if you have access to it pedicularis um, which is called betony sometimes called lousewort there's a variety of different species, and they all have really cool names like Indian warrior and elephant's <laughs> head and parrot's beak and stuff like that. Um, so these two herbs are not exactly the same, but they do have in common this aspect of profoundly relaxing the body while leaving the mind engaged and, um, and acute. So um, that's a really nice uh, state to be in when you're trying to sit and settle and you know uh, be doing some mind work mm-hmm. but the the feeling of physical tension or discomfort is getting in your way um so you could 
take a nice solid dose of some kava or particularis tincture, and then a few minutes later go ahead and sit down and meditate, and you may find that to be very helpful for you. Um, if, on the other hand, you have issues where your mind is a little scattered or a little foggy, um, and that's presenting trouble for you with your meditation, like you're having trouble forming a, a good visualization or image in your mind, if that's the kind of practice that you're, you're practicing, <laughs> um, then I would actually recommend green tea for this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, green tea is, it just has this really nice combo of effects where it helps to sharpen your mind and your focus, but it doesn't generate the kind of anxiety that, say, coffee can generate um, from the way that its caffeine and cohorts constituent come together uh, uh, in that herb. So, Yeah, it doesn't have that jittery aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, if you feel like your troubles are somewhat of a blend of these things or, uh, or all of them at the same time, you know, my, my kind of favorite go-to herb here is calamus. Calamus is really fantastic for bringing the body and the mind closer together. Um, for helping you relax into wide-angle perception, um, visual and auditory and otherwise. And, you know, a lot of times with meditation, one of the first things you do is tune into your senses and, you know, eyes open or closed, you may be just kind of taking stock of the space that you're in, whether Mm. it's a room or a field or a tree or whatever else you happen to, wherever you do your meditating. Um, And calamus really helps you get into that state of accepting your perceptions um, and being open to what's coming in through all of your nerve endings. So that's a really, really helpful ally for this. Uh, And then because uh, meditation often includes some focus on breath and breathing, I think that white pine is a really excellent ally here as well. My favorite way to work with white pine for meditation is to go and find a nice tall white pine tree and climb it. Um, (laughs) And then do my meditation up there. But, um, you know, you can also uh, you can also drink some pine tea or um, even get a little bottle of pine essential oil and sniff that a few times in in each nostril before you um, go and start to meditate. I find that that really helps me to take good, deep breaths um, and feel like like I'm getting all of the all of the crud out. So that's a really good ally. You know, I've mentioned the uh, app for uh, for well whatever, for whatever kind of phone you've got, um, (laughs) the app Headspace before. Um, And that's, I still find that really helpful. Um, That's my primary mode of meditating these days. But uh, as I sort of alluded to a moment ago, sometimes I like to meditate by climbing a tree, climb up as high as I can up to the part where I'm starting to feel a little... Little, little jitter in the belly over there, like, oh boy, what am I doing up here? Um, and then uh, getting good and stable on a branch, doing a little tree hugging, basically, and um, just sitting with that, or s- sort of stand crouching with that, however it may be, <laughs> um, and just feeling the branches sway a bit, listening to the leaves whisper, or if it's a pine tree, then feeling the little prickles of all the needles on my neck or my knees or wherever they are and breathing in those terpenoids and resins and other scents that are coming off of the tree. And that are getting stuck to your hand. Mm-hmm. On the... And all over my pants. <laughs> all of them have resin stains now, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's another way that I really like to uh, to meditate. So yeah. maybe you'll find that helpful too. Climb safe, everybody. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, meditation is really important, um, but but I sort of um, I, I want to make time for that. But I feel like I need to really emphasize going in the other direction because it's so easy for me to sit and be in my head, even if it isn't meditation. Um, so one of my big goals is to be more consistent about moving my body. Mm, yeah. And I set some specific goals to work towards, which is that I want to do stable handstands. I want to be able to go all the way across the monkey bars. And I want to be able to walk and stretch daily, um, which means that I'm going to need to um, attend to my schedule and and make that a priority um, in my daily life. Mm. That part is the hard part. So I've got a friend who I'm buddying up with um, to share my daily progress. Um, And we will text each other when we're doing our yoga 
or when we are going for a walk and um, having that accountability of texting somebody and knowing that that person expects to receive a message from me every day that, hey, I'm going for my walk or, hey, I'm doing my yoga now um, means that like, I better do it because if I don't send her that message and then it's like dinner time and she's like, so did you walk? And I'm like, you know, um, yeah, this is such a fundamental strategy to stay consistent with, with movement practices, especially is to have a, have a buddy. Yeah. 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 So I have some good yoga videos on YouTube that I like that, like I found on YouTube. I have an app on my phone that, also does some yoga stuff. There are also apps for walking or whatever, you you know, basically any kind of physical activity there's apps for. <laughs> and that gives me a little structure in my goal. I, I, I know how I like to stretch and whatever, but it's kind of nice to have something. It's like, just push play. Just do the thing. You don't have to think about it. It's hard enough to just get up from the desk and do it. So just push play and do what it says. Yeah. Um, that makes it a little easier also. Mm. Yeah, my uh, my movement goal for this year is climb more trees. I love this goal. It's, I mean, I sort of just got started a little while ago because I I found a really good tree for climbing over at the park, and uh, then I started trying some other trees there, and I was like, oh, wait, that were less ergonomic. <laughs> yeah, a little harder to get up into and everything. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I need to do this all the time. So I'm gonna try and climb at least one tree every day. But I'm going to make an allowance for stacking. Like if I missed a couple days, then that means next time I have, I have three trees to go climb. Yeah. That's going to be my, my goal there. But I'm going to try and not miss any days. You know. You can climb trees in the rain. I think I really should. I think you should yeah. too. Yeah. Part of this is also going to help because it'll, you know, I, I generally tend to go and climb trees while I'm throwing the frisbee for Elsie Dog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we can all play together. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I like that idea. When I think about being a person who takes care of my body, I think about a little mantra that we use to remind ourselves to set realistic boundaries around how much we work in a given day. And we started this mantra last year at this time, and it was lunch break and quitting time. Lunch break and quitting time. Yeah. That's what. And I would say that last year we succeeded like maybe 40% of the time. Yeah. At actually taking a lunch break and actually having a quit in time. And you might be thinking, 40%, that's failing. But, <laughs> but look at it this way. If you get a 40% off coupon, you're pretty excited. That's a really good discount. And so if we have done something 40% more than we did it the year before, that's like, that's a pretty good you know, if you were investing money and you got a 40% return on investment, that would be pretty great too. So, right, yeah. so I want to look at it that way and I want to continue to work on lunch break and quit in time. And sometimes quit in time is, uh, well, it's like never five o'clock. It, <laughs> it varies from day to day because sometimes we teach at night or whatever, but just knowing each day that there is a time at which we are going to stop working and that we expect ourselves to stop working, um, Helps a lot. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you have a job where you go and you work and you come home, then maybe that's not as acute for you. But anybody out there who's self-employed, and I mean, you know, there, I've seen a bunch of articles this week about the explosion of millennials freelancing instead of a traditional nine-to-five job and Ugh. all of the crazy re- – well, not crazy, but all of the completely predictable reasons why that is the case and, and why people are, are pushed in that direction. This is actually – Maybe not most people yet, but it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot large and growing number of people that, to whatever extent, are setting their own hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it, when that's the way, then there's always that that little pressure somewhere. And like, even if even if you're not like, the more connectivity we have, the more I see employers expect constant connectivity from their employees, mm-hmm. and. That's harmful too. It used to be like, oh, you've got a Blackberry. Wow. You must be very important and also always busy. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if any any of our listeners know what a Blackberry is, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was sort of a precursor to a smartphone, I guess. Uh, Yeah. It was like the first thing you could get your email on. They used to even have an acronym. It was PDA, Personal Digital Assistant. Yes. That's really old. That's really old. I'm not even that old, actually. I just sort of was paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. Yeah, no, I remember that when when Blackberries became a thing and you were like super important if you got one. But now if you were like, oh no, I didn't look at my email all weekend. Like, first of all, I don't think anybody would even believe you. Right. But, <laughs> but right. second of all, they would be appalled. Like, how is that possible? Were you locked <laughs> in a box? Like, what happened to you? Yeah, and like, what kind of employee are you? Like, yeah. slacker, you know? Yeah, it's like everybody's on call all the time, and it's just not healthy. It's not. So, uh, yes, lunch break and quitting time. That is that is a thing to do. Um, you know, another way to, to do all of this kind of stuff is to have a self-care club. Um, so I have a few friends that I like to get together with and we do things like we make herbal treats together or we share things that we've made. Um, lately, a lot of it has been around syrups because we've all kind of been getting into that and, and sharing different syrups that we've made. Um, or we'll make food together. All three of us really like to cook. Um, so we'll make food together that supports our goals of self-care and, um, I have to say that no matter who you are and no matter what your definition of eating healthier is, it is so much easier to do that if you have people around you who are supporting that goal. So um, if the people who live in your house with you do not support that goal, then um, find people who do and, and be around them. Yeah. Um, we also like to go for walks together. Um, sometimes we go to the hot tub together or we do yoga together and often we like to do art together, which lately has been in the form of spinning wool. And I think that that's a really important part of self-care because humans are art. Like it's not like humans do art. We are art. Like you can't, you can't not make art. It's not, it's like you'll be very sad if you're not making, the definition of art is wildly diverse but like I definitely for my dad um fixing the car is an art for him for absolute right and so like I'm not saying that art is like getting out your paintbrushes um and that that's what it has to be for everybody yeah and you know right right so this isn't to say like oh you better be making some art buster (laughs) this is saying like find the places in your life where you already have some creativity expressing and Make sure that there is space for that. And yeah. Time for that to happen. Yeah. To whatever extent you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I mean, it's just it's just a place where even if we're not doing it together, we can share our achievements. Um, last night we were texting like, "I'm in bed on time." Me too. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, it's just more fun to build the kinds of habits that support your health and well-being if you're building them together with a supportive group of people who care about you and people who you care about. Yeah, and um, that's also, um, Katie Bowman's been talking about that as vitamin community yeah. over the last couple of years. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's good to take a walk, but it's better to take a walk with a friend or somebody you live with. Yeah, it is better. Yeah. All so, right. So, you know, you may be... Uh, you may be wondering, you may be thinking to yourself, if you don't already have a extensive list of resolutions and goals for, <laughs> for next year, like, what are some things that you could do together with some of your friends to meet your goals and to care for yourself in 2019? Might we suggest that you study herbalism with your friends, study together. Um, you can study separately if you want to, because sometimes you live in an area where there aren't any other people who are into herbs yet. Yet is an important word there because trust me, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but even if your friend is far away, uh, you can still work together to learn things. Um, you can make fun herby things and send them back and forth to one another like care packages. Um, we offer group discounts on all of our video programs. So if you want to learn as a group with your friends, then send us an email and we'll make a special coupon for you, for your whole group. And that way you guys can like all watch the same video lessons each week and you can talk about them together. And there's actually so many easy, simple ways to do like free video conferencing um, so that you can even get with your friends and like 
video your whole group together so you can see each other and you can be talking about what you were watching this week and what you were learning. Um, and if you want help doing that, I can tell you how, but Zoom is the one that I like best. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. So you should learn about herbs more yeah. in 2019. Yeah, do it. Um, yeah. So you can you can find our complete course catalog at commonwealthherbs.com slash learn. And we're really excited for a couple of new courses that are going to be dropping soon. Yeah. One of them is the Emergent Responder Program. Yeah. And that's your gig, so I should probably let you talk about it. <laughs> well, that includes the Emergency Clinic Organization and Management course, which is already available on that on commonwealthherbs.com slash learn. Um, and that teaches you everything you need to know about how to prepare to set up an emergency response clinic and every single thing you possibly need to think of from like what supplies are you going to need to how are you going to find a good place to set it up to what are you going to do if FEMA finally shows up or what if they don't show up? Um, how are you going to manage it if you have to do this work for a long period of time? Like um, in the far Rockaways after Hurricane Sandy, uh, no government assistance showed up for five, for the first five weeks. So it was just community volunteers who had to do everything um, in terms of disaster response for the first five weeks. That's a long time to be running an emergency disaster response clinic. And that experience is what we based this course off of. So um, whether it's just like a long weekend power outage or whether it is, you know, like for real, a hurricane has come through and we all need to pull together. That course prepares you for that. And then the emergency and disaster response first aid course should be coming out. Um, okay. I really want it to be out by the end of this weekend, but let's say that it'll be, it'll be up by the end of the first week of January. Um, and that is, uh, has all of the actual first aid skills in it for the emergency trauma response, like the acute stuff, all the way through to um, for five weeks, we have to support people who are supposed to be having kidney dialysis or people who are on prescription medications and we can't get them. And what are we going to do now? Um, so, or how are we going to get them is also in there. Like, Yeah, I've been kind of thinking about that as first, second, and third aid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. Right. Yeah, and like long-term wound care. Like it's not just, it's not just about slapping a Band-Aid on it or like washing it out or stopping the bleeding. Like there's, there's then infection management and stuff like that that you really need to think about. Mm -hmm. um, or long-term environmental exposure because... Um, because this is Florida and there was a hurricane and now you have elderly people with no no air conditioning and it's really, really hot. Or this is New England and there was a blizzard that knocked out all the power. Or like we just had, like it, there wasn't even a disaster. Uh, well, there was a disaster. It was a gas explosion. But right. then we just recently had one where there wasn't an explosion but this entire block had no heat whatsoever. And like just stuff like that, you got to deal with the environment. And mm. we're not accustomed to doing that anymore. Right. Well, anyway, those, those will be up and ready. Yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, we also have another new program coming out soon that is to serve as a companion course to our book, Herbal Medicine for Beginners. Um, and that will include um, some elaborated monographs on each of the herbs we covered in the book. Uh, and a couple of other goodies for you. Yeah. So um, both of those coming soon. We'll make further announcements as warranted. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to let you know. Um, you know, I have I have one last resolution that I wanted to share here. Yeah. Um, just thinking about all of the teaching that we've done over the year uh, years, <laughs> really. Uh, so my my mine is this: I resolve to remember that my students and my clients are my best teachers. And that the most important things they teach me come out of their lived experiences, which are different from my own. And I resolve to challenge my own assumptions about others, to ask, and to listen for the lessons. Yeah. That's yeah. really... 
That's pretty on point. That's one of those things I'm going to write and put on the wall. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to remember that. Yeah. And, uh, the more I do, and this is a thought I've had before, but the more that I think about that, you know, before I go to, to teach or if I'm feeling grumpy on a day when we're going to record a video or whatever, <laughs> then remembering this really helps to, to turn me around and make me feel good about what we're doing. Or like even when you go in to see, or when I go in to see a client and like I'm maybe not feeling my best and I'm like, man, I don't feel good and I don't feel like I'm taking care of myself and now I'm going to go and take care of somebody else and I don't even know if I have the resources for that. And it turns out I always have the resources for that. Um, and, and when I start listening, that's when it's like really easy to melt my own frustration and also when I start listening it's so funny because when I go into a client session that way invariably it's like a client who is showing up with whatever is going on for me in that moment mm -hmm. and now I'm giving them the advice that like I should be giving myself and I'm just sitting there like are you writing all this down Katya because <laughs> <laughs> because you need to go home and do exactly that too yeah yeah so, you know, one thing that's kind of occurring to me as we talk through this is that a lot of these can be can be stacked or kind of interwoven with each other. You know, if I look back at mine, if I was to go and climb up a tree that I've never identified before, figure out who it is somewhere along the way, and do a meditation up inside of it, then I've kind of hit all of my resolutions yeah. all at once, right? Yeah. Um, and finding ways to accomplish that is really good. Or like yours where you get together with some friends, you go for a walk, you do a little yoga, and then you make some food together, and then you all go home early so you can have reading time before bed. Yeah. Like, there it is, right? It can all happen at once. So, and, and what's happening is that they're all in service of a larger goal, really, yeah. which is who do I want to be? What kind of life do I want to live? And look, we've moved into philosophy, right? <laughs> which is, if you go back all the way, it's about how to lead the good life. Right. Right. So. And, and it's like when you are spending your time checking yourself regularly and saying, what can I do today to be the person I want to be? Then I don't have to tell myself, Katya, you're not allowed to look at Twitter today. <laughs> like, because there's just not time for that. I'm filling my time with being the person I want to be. And there isn't time for the things that can kind of be addicting and they're like, they're starting to be the, the out, the activities in our culture that like they kill time, but what they really kill is the, who we are. Hmm. Well, if you're feeling that way, or if you find yourself feeling that way at some point, there are a couple of herbs we wanted to mention that we think of as herbs to strengthen resolve. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to lead with a couple? I do. Elecampane is one of my favorites here. Now, you might be thinking, hold on, isn't elecampane for like respiratory infections? And yes, definitely. <laughs> but there is an aspect to elecampane that is very much about stepping into the idea that you are building of yourself and and like when you have an idea of like your new identity or your new um the the changes that you want to make and what that means for who you are as a person you can you can have those ideas and you can hold them but then like at some point you have to take a step into being that person and that's pretty difficult um especially that first step and and the first step maybe even happens multiple times because maybe you do it once and then tomorrow you're like, well, okay, but maybe not. And then the next day it's like, no, no, we really want to do this. And um, so LA Campaign is really beautiful there. And I think about it um, almost like the breath because LA Campaign really supports breathing. It's, um, it's a plant that you can work with if you're a person who has asthma or or weak lungs or just is super prone to lung issues um and it really just helps to breathe a full breath and to um develop stronger lungs and i i feel like that is part of that move of like breathing life into mm. what you want to become and mm. the fullness of what you want to become
Nice. Yeah, that's how I think about it. And then you don't have to drink it as tea if you don't want to. LA Campaign does have a little bit of a challenging flavor. Um, it is fine to work with as a tincture, and um, you can just sort of keep it with you, take some throughout the day. You don't have to take tons and tons because this is more of like the emotional work, so it doesn't have to be huge doses. Um, but, you know, just having some throughout the day can be really, really wonderful. Yeah. Nice. Um, you know, I think of sage as an herb that can be helpful for resolve and for mm. helping you to feel a little more stable and steady and, you know, persistent. That might be the the word for it. Yeah. Um, sage is a, it's a really nice herb because it has a grounding aspect to it. There's a little note of bitterness in it that, that is like centering and, and grounding in your physicality. But it also has a lot of aromatics that are stimulating and motivating and increase brain brain activity and and actually you know protect and and restore health of of the brain and other nerve systems um and so it's one that uh i like to include in blends when i'm feeling really like like i'm dragging or like i'm slogging you know like <laughs> yeah s- some sage and then maybe some some sunlight related herbs to mm-hmm. get into the mix and that always makes me feel a little more like all right let's do this Actually, we have sage in the blend that we're drinking right now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, one that comes to mind for me is actually two. It is um, Tulsi Goldenrod, and that's like all one word. Um, yeah, this is like your chamomile, uh, ginger chamomile. Yes. Like, and alchemical pairs. Yes. Yes, Tulsi Goldenrod. Separated. <laughs> Tulsi is um, really helpful when you are... Um, trying to make new habits that involve breaking old habits. It is really helpful when you're trying to break the craving for something. Um, And I think a big part of that is just the uplifting aspect of it. Um, But Tulsi Tulsi works on the brain in some ways that have already been discovered. Um, But just because we've discovered a, a couple ways doesn't mean that we've discovered all the ways. And so one of the things is that Tulsi um, stimulates the hippocampus and gets things moving in the brain from being like stuck um, emotionally or, or like stuck in a thing that you're just thinking about over and over again and just moving it into long-term storage or your long-term memory. Um, and so I think that that is actually one of the ways that it's really helpful and motivating Um, And goldenrod is one of those really amazing marathon plants that um, can just really help when you just have to keep going and it's not really fun anymore. Um, Maybe the first moment when you set out and you're like, I'm going to do yoga every day. And the first day you do it and you feel great. And the second day you're like, I don't have time today. I'm getting my period. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? This is dumb. And maybe it doesn't happen on the second day. Maybe it, maybe it won't happen for a little while. But there comes a point when it's like, this is not fun anymore. This isn't, this isn't enchanting anymore. And goldenrod can really help you keep moving through that phase until it is just what you do. Yeah. This is the person I am. Yeah. Nice. Um. One last herb here for strengthening resolve, I would like to offer ginseng. And, you know, this is actually an herb that that we don't talk about too often. We don't work with super frequently. No, you do more than I do. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but uh, so ginseng, particularly for those of you who have a resolution involving physical movement and activity, um, this could be a good ally for those times when you are feeling stuck in place or too weighted down or too tired to go and work out today or whatever it may, however it may show up for you. Um, when you need a push, when you need a release of some energy to get you out and moving, um, then Asian ginseng, uh, Panax ginseng can be very helpful for this. Um, it's a hot, fiery, stimulating, activating herb, you know, in traditional terms, it was a, called a yang tonic and brings out all of those outward and expressive and active elements, uh, in, in the mix. Um, 
So I would like you to make a little agreement with me if you decide to start working with ginseng. <laughs> uh, we'll just shake hands over the internet here. But um, the agreement is that if you take the ginseng, you need to do something with the energy that it liberates in your system. Yeah, you can't just answer more emails with it. Yeah, no, I want you to be moving that body, right? Go, even if it's just a, a nice stroll or a walk, um, or if it's on the other side and it's like a, you know, high-intensity interval training session or a <laughs> bunch of sprints or something, um, take the ginseng when you have that feeling of like, oh, I should really get moving, but I just can't take it, let it have that, that stimulating effect in your body, but then go out there and do something with it. Mm. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, finally, finally, for real this time, uh, <laughs> we just wanted to give one last quick reminder that if you're an herbalist, uh, a, a practicing herbalist, a clinical herbalist, and you're looking for a bit of clinical mentorship or guidance, uh, I want to let you know that our 2019 clinical mentorship has some open spots. Um, so this is a, a bi-weekly uh, teleconference or, or video con- web conference. Yeah, web conference. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a video. Yeah, right. Uh, where you can um, get feedback on any client sessions that you've had uh, in that in that period of time or really any period of time. <laughs> um, and we will go through the whole intake and all of the notes that you took and all of the discussions you had with that client and what you ended up suggesting and offering to them in the way of herbs and other lifestyle ideas. And then uh, myself and everybody else in the group will offer their thoughts and their ideas and their questions like, oh, did you did you consider this? Did you think about that? Or did you ask this question? Um, things that you can bring back the next time you have a session with that client to refine your work and to keep it moving forward. Sometimes you you work with a client, you see a client and you're like, everything has flown out of my head. I cannot remember anything mm-hmm. right now. And that does not mean that you're not a good herbalist. It just means that everybody has that day sometimes. And it's really comforting to know that you can say, okay, I'm going to start you off with some foundational work. We're going to work on getting a little bit better sleep. And we're going to, we're going to give up sugar uh, or we're going to keep sugar to a dull roar. We're going to do some foundational things. We're going to drink a high mineral, high vitamin tea blend. Um, and... Uh, we're going to start with that and then uh, give you a week or two to, to really get that going, get a little extra sleep, and then we're going to dig in with the, with the round of herbs that are, that's really going to address these issues. And if you, if you say that, that gives you a little bit of time to figure out, okay, now what is my next step going to be? Right. But you also have offered something that is definitively helpful and then you know, all right, now I can go and talk to my, to my mentorship group and uh, get some really solid ideas for where to go next because everything has flown out of my head and I just don't know where to go next. Yeah. Yeah. So that starts on January 7th um, and it, it uh, occurs on the first and third Mondays, generally speaking, <laughs> um, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern. And uh, it runs from January through October. Yes. So I would love it if uh, y'all would join me. If you're interested, just send an inf- uh, an email over to info at commonwealthherbs.com and we'll get you going. Also, the Building Your Holistic Business program um, also has a couple more slots. Uh, we can probably take two or maybe three more students. So if you are ready to start an herbal business, whether you are starting a product business or a um, a clinical practice or an herbal preschool or, a, you know, like whatever your business with herbs is, then, um, you can join that. You do not have to have your business right now. If you're just ready to start it, that is fine. Or if you do have your business, but it is sort of maybe a little disorganized or not, um, not profitable yet, um, or if you are like, well, I've gotten started, but I don't have a website, or I've gotten started, but uh, it's time to really make this a business instead of just a hobby, any of those places, whatever state you're in, um, then you can join in this program. This is, starts January 14th, 
Um, it's also a web conference program. It's the second and fourth Monday of every month from 7 to 9 Eastern Time. And we are going to go through every aspect of getting your business up and going. Um, every single thing from getting your name registered and how do you do your taxes and all that kind of administrative stuff to having a project plan and a business plan and having your branding and your logo and your website and your marketing and all of that good stuff too. So by the end of the year, you will have your business. All the steps will be done um, and it will be really exciting and great. Yeah. Nice. Now, both of these are live courses. So um, there's a lot of interaction, a lot. We do record them. So if you have to miss one because you're sick or whatever, that's fine. But there's, it's really directly tailored to what you are doing in your life right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, again, if you want more info on either of those, uh, or if you're ready to sign right up, then just drop us an email, info at commonwealthherbs.com. Woohoo. All right, so that's it for us. We'll yeah. be back next week. In 2019. And all through that whole year, <laughs> we'll be here with you on the Holistic Herbalism Podcast. We'll be kicking it off with headaches. Yeah. As a as uh, a listener request. <laughs> no, we will not be having the headaches. Not just because of <laughs> celebrations on New Year's Eve? No, Is that no, what you're no. Saying? no. No, 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 no. No, I mean we'll be talking about handling headaches. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, happy New Year's to all of you. Yeah, happy New Year's. Don't forget your milk thistle. And we'll see you next year. Bye-bye. <laughs>